Track 29 is Chattanooga's premier entertainment venue, located on the south side in the historic Chattanooga Choo Choo Complex, hosting national, regional, and local talent in an intimate setting. Experience world-class music in a world-class venue. Check out the Track 29 calendar at www.track29.co and join the street team, the Dispatchers, to be even more a part of the music experience. I have actually been on the street team for a couple of years now. I get to go to cool events and get show tickets for free. It's also a great way to meet other people who love music. If you would like more information, feel free to ask. You are listening to Open Mic Spotlight with Heatherly Holt. Open Mic Spotlight is a weekly podcast featuring intimate conversations and performances with musicians and artists from Chattanooga and the surrounding areas. Take a closer look at all the wonderful talent and culture the Chattanooga music scene has to offer. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic Spotlight. I'm your host, Heather Lee Holt, and today we have Mr. Ben Van Winkle with us. Hello, Ben. How's it going? Pretty good, I guess. Mr. Ben Van Winkle plays the cello, and he sings, and he recites poetry, and he plays guitar. He's very musical. He gives private lessons. Would you like to go on about yourself a little bit? All right, well, I'm from Chattanooga. I went to school at CSAS for 13 years. I started playing the cello in fourth grade, and then I went to Tennessee Tech and got a mechanical engineering degree, and then moved back here last year, worked for a year as an engineer, and then quit my job, and now I'm I'm playing in two quartets, two bands, and two symphonies. Wow. So which quartets are you playing in? I play with Somersault Strings, and I'm on the sub-cellist for Orfeo Quartet. And then I also, I mean, there are other just gig opportunities around town that mm-hmm. call me up every now and then. And the symphonies? So I play for the Rome Symphony, or I'm going to play for them full-time this season mm-hmm. on all their shows. And then the Chattanooga Symphony, I'm on the sub list, and I just got a call to confirm that. So hopefully I might get one of the shows this year. That's really cool. And you also play for Danimal Planet. Just joined Dan about three months ago. And you are also working on your solo stuff too. Yeah. So your solo stuff is really interesting and unique. And I assume that most people haven't heard of you or seen it because it's very new. And will you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. There's different different flavors you're going to hear. And finished product, I don't want to even release. Like you won't hear it until it's finished. And until then, it's just like I'm going to be playing acoustic cello and singing around town, just kind of getting my name out there. But uh, And I don't really have any recordings out yet, but what I want to do is kind of release an album release show at the same time as I have a show prepared to release it. It's going to be a composed production. It'll be a little more theatrical where I'll be up there. I'll have all my instruments, drum set, cello, electric cello, acoustic guitar, some keys, and then two loop pedals, and all this stuff surrounding me in a circle, I'll have uh, the whole light show completely programmed. So it's like the same show every time, except there'll be, there'll be times where I get up out of the 
chair and I'm not even playing music and I'll come over to the other side of the stage and I'll start dancing or beatboxing and I'll, I'll play different characters, you know, mm-hmm. where I have different accents or uh, I sing different styles where I talk in gibberish or I wear different clothes. So it kind of reminds me a little bit of Bo Burnham while you talk about it a little bit. Have you seen him, the comedian? Yes. But like without the comedy. Yeah, I want it to be intrinsically humorous, mm-hmm. like as in... I'm not necessarily writing jokes, yeah, but it's just so goofy that it's hysterically entertaining. I guess yeah, I feel I that's Bo Burnham. You know, his it's very sarcastic and very theatrical, and everything's programmed to be in a certain place right. at a certain time. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that, wouldn't you say? I guess so. Yeah. So, without further ado, let's just give everyone like a little taste of some cello and some singing because you also do a lot of beatboxing type stuff. Yeah. And it's really unique and hard to describe. So let's just let everyone hear it right off the bat. All right. This first song I'm going to do is called Supernatural. skin you trace
this style that you're playing i'm using a guitar finger picking or i learned it mm -hmm. on guitar and that's where i get the little um so i guess it's almost some guitar finger picking style in there mm -hmm. uh, but just the fact that i'm playing a cello makes it classical i guess mm -hmm. uh but the fact that the cello has such a or has a lower range i'm getting these bass mm -hmm. notes in there too so i'm able to fill out the sound i think a little more and then when you throw the beatbox in there i don't know I don't know. I just kind of do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very eclectic. That's for sure. Who do you like to listen to? I listen to a lot of Ravel and, you know, impressionist composers like mm -hmm. Debussy and stuff like that. And like when it comes to modern stuff, I guess some snarky puppy mm -hmm. stuff like that. When you're singing, I hear a lot of maybe Michael Buble, that kind of thing. Not in, on purpose, but I'll take that as a compliment. I mean, I think he's a great singer. Oh, yeah, totally. I will say... When you're talking about drawing from classical, I think that I much prefer the power of a classical voice. Mm -hmm. That's when they're really trained to use their full voice and they can get this just insane power out of it and where you almost don't even need amplification. In an ideal world, I would love to give acoustic shows in halls that are made so you don't have to be plugged in. Do you want to tell everyone in your own words what that song was about, Supernatural? I mean, literally the feeling of cuddling with somebody and feeling like you are connected with them, I guess, mm -hmm. or that like your emotions are directly affecting theirs just by the way you're thinking. Maybe it is physical, like your pheromones and, uh, you know, sense and, mm -hmm. you know, heart rates, things you don't even really know you're aware of sensing about the other person, but it almost feels like it's a, some sort of communication that you're, that's outside of your body. Yeah. I don't know, that kind of feeling. So along with playing cello and singing and beatboxing, you do a lot of poetry, like you mentioned, and you have some prepared for us today too. Yeah. And this kind of goes along with the not taking myself too seriously, but also writing really serious stuff, mm -hmm. like using, using words and taking their meanings extremely literally, mm -hmm. but and rhyming them extremely uh, strictly. So this one I'm about to read you, the words rhyme by three syllables. So it's not just the last syllable that rhymes. It's, it's a very long word that rhymes with another very long word in three different syllables. It's one of these poems that I've made sure it does make sense, mm -hmm. even though it sounds like nonsense. If you like went through and, and actually like looked up the definitions to e each of these words, which some of them I didn't even know what they meant until I realized they rhymed and I want to make it work kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's called dirigibility. There is a meaning behind it. <laughs> okay. Your mind is a dirigible. It's inflated. But also it's corrigible, so be elated. 
Nothing is unbridgeable, no gap created. Ice cold and refrigible, don't be irated. Though not easily obligible and always belated, soon you'll be eligible with a mind actuated. The creed, it's pledgeable and firmly dictated, but not yet intelligible until you're unsedated. You see, we're technically original, always concentrated, not just any individuals. Abnormally, we've operated. We're wild and uncageable, genuinely unsated. Can you tell we like dirigibles? They're underrated. So I guess the last line is kind of just a humorous. It doesn't really mean anything. But. Yeah. Do you want, want to tell us the meaning behind it in your own words, or do you want to leave it? Okay, this one goes with another one. I will tell you that this one is speaking to the other. Okay. It's a conversation between somebody. So this is the answer. This one's called Phleganthridorf. And I will say I did make up that word, but I defined it. It is a being who does not, not yet comprehend his surroundings. So... A newborn baby, someone who has just woken up, someone who has crash-landed on another planet or something, I guess you could call a phleganthrodorf because they don't know what's going on yet. Mm -hmm. But they will. They just don't yet. First, I'll become permeable, and things will begin to seep. Then breached will be the wall, the boundary I've been forced to keep. I'll disintegrate into divine and become more alive. Then I'll sublimate into sublime from a body, a soul I'll derive. I'll be a metamorph, a traveler between realms, a quasi-phleganthrodorf tracing borders at the helm. It's like a second birth, not an end, a transition. A portal to infinite earth, not death, ascension. So how do they relate to each other? How is one, what is one saying to the other? It's someone who has already died mm -hmm. telling the person who, the first one is someone who has already died telling Someone that you have no idea what we're actually all about this. We're not like you have no idea what you're about, what's going to happen when you die. Mm -hmm. And then the second guy is responding that. So it's like, oh, my God, it's just him postulating on what would actually happen. Mm -hmm. So and he's being excited about dying, actually, <laughs> or questioning what's going to happen, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Very cool. When did you start writing poetry? That first one I wrote because there was a contest. Actually, you know, that might have been my first serious one. I did that in college. I actually won it. What contest? I don't know what the name was, but I got published in some sort of... I haven't even seen the... Was it, I got published was it at Chat State or... No, Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech, yeah. Some sort of journal. That's cool. Is that probably when you first started writing lyrics and stuff too? No, but that's... I think I had a big change in what I was trying to write. That's uh, about it. I don't know. I just feel like my lyrics before that were a little cheesy. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know how to go about writing them and form actual meaningful stanzas. And you think that that poem was kind of like your first step in the right directions towards form and things like that? Maybe, but I'll say that just because I really don't remember right off the top of my head. <laughs> there may have been some other turning point that I'm just not thinking of. So do you ever speak poetry or play music at open mics? Not recently. I did at Tennessee Tech. They had these open mics there, which were, they were insanely popular. Mm -hmm. And you'd be in this really close auditorium and everybody would be sitting down in auditorium seats. There was like 250 people in there. Like so it was the really school auditorium? Seat. It was the theater. It wasn't okay. like the big auditorium. Um, but, but it, it was on fit. campus. Yeah, it was on campus. Mm -hmm. uh, and everybody went. And it always got filled up, so you had to be there early to sign up. 
And I mean, when you did, you played to a packed house of your peers, you know, really college cool. kids. And it was, it was scary, but. What would you play? I did some guitar and singing. And then one time I upped the ante and did some cello looped things. Mm-hmm. And that got a pretty good response, but I was nervous. I feel like if I had gone back and listened to those recordings, they would have been shaky. I feel like I've gotten a little better at dealing with that. Do you think that that was your first experience, like singing and playing out? No, definitely not. But maybe that exposed on my own accord. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've played with bands for a while. And I actually, I played in the, you know, some coffee house things in high school and I think about it. But And, and solo cello performances, I've done that for a, a while. Well, yeah. But, but I feel like singing and playing is a, is a lot more exposed than just an instrument. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. And, and the, there's a little difference in uh, expression when it comes to improvisation or, or how loosely you have it organized and being comfortable with it being loosely organized. Because uh, that's the one thing about classical music is it's all completely written out. You've practiced it the same way a hundred times. And yeah, there is a little room for expressing things in the moment slightly different, but the notes are for the most part, going to be exactly the same. You might change the bowings. That's what I've noticed recently is that you can, you kind of have the the right to make, to leave your bowings open until the last minute if you want to. But it's good to have an idea of what you should do. And then maybe if you're feeling some inspiration, you can change it. But then when it comes to completely open, improvised stuff, like that, the beatbox thing right there, I've got a loose structure, but uh, that's pretty much different every time. And it's kind of scary. Like I have this, I kind of fight with myself, like, do I want to completely write that out and then practice it where it's like really awesome and intricate and impressive? Or or do I want to leave it an open-ended thing where I'm just like stream of consciousness uh, expressing how I actually feel at that moment because this performance is different than the last one. This audience is different than the last one and I'm feeding off of it. And I kind of want to find a mixture of both where I have like a pretty good framework of complex stuff written out that I do the same every time but I give myself the license to deviate from that if I feel like it. So let's hear something else. What do you want to do for us now? Do you want to do a cover or? I'll uh, I'll do another original. Okay. What Uh, is this one called? It's called Daydream. I'll just just give you the the honest story. It's about a a girl who I didn't necessarily have the same religious beliefs with, but we tried not to let that get in the way. Mm -hmm. And then this is me reminiscing about it after it didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) So we see how well that went. (laughs) Yeah. I'm thinking about it again Well, what'll it take to get it off my mind? What'll it take to get it off my mind? Thinking about it again I'm thinking about it again Well, memories are pleasant times They're always welcome to infect my mind So what if we disagree? Eye to eye we mustn't see Our gods are both infinity And now let's find immunity
tides of drift away I found myself that special place It was one of those perfect days Where I spin with a pretty face Our bottoms firmly on the ground As we listen to the wind sound Our bodies flow water surrounds How did I kiss you and all so not drowned? Oh, so what if we disagree? Eye to eye we mustn't see Our gods are both infinity And now let's find immunity And see how God's above infinity, and now let's find immunity. Thank you. And now, a quick word from our sponsors Track 29 is Chattanooga's premier entertainment venue, located on the south side in the historic Chattanooga Choo Choo Complex hosting national, regional, and local talent in an intimate setting. Experience world-class music in a world-class venue. Check out the Track 29 calendar at www.track29.co and join the street team, the dispatchers, to be even more a part of the music experience. I have actually been on the street team for a couple of years now. I get to go to cool events and get show tickets for free. It's also a great way to meet other people who love music. If you would like more information, feel free to ask. So, uh, what's it like playing with Danimal Planet? Awesome. I played in Masseuse, my, my first band, for four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I played electric cello in that one as well. But I've always kind of played the melody lines or maybe some upper register chordal stuff. But Dan, he actually contacted me at first needing a bassist and maybe a string player too. But I was like, hey, my electric cello's got a low F string. I could, I could play bass for you. Mm-hmm. And that has been a lot of fun. So I joined as the bassist, who also plays some melodies every now and then in solos. But it's, it's really different because I never got to play bass in Masseuse because we have a bass player. So it was like I was almost impeding on him a little bit if I tried to play bass. Mm-hmm. And we can organize it sometimes where he, I go low, he goes high. But it's just so rare. I don't even, we have like one song we do that. And it's, it's not even a prominent bass part. But this, like, I, I feel the power of the bass. You know, I've got some punchy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if the, I'm just thinking about my instrument differently. I'm almost, I'm learning more what I can do with it. So it's it's like a learning experience. And back to the whole classical knowing what you're going to do thing. This is 
a lot more of that than masseuse was because masseuse can feel sometimes it, it, often it really works but sometimes it feels just scary we're getting on stage you're like how is this song gonna go like it's different every time <laughs> and you just have to be you have to embrace it and and hope for the best. But Dan's stuff is a lot more thought out, methodical, and he, he tells me exactly what I need to play. And then the improvised parts are the solos. So it's like it's a designated spot. Like even though it's improvised, we know exactly how long it's gonna be. It's and very comfortable. Yeah, it's it's exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm I'm just I'm getting to play a lot. Yeah. He plays he, he plays everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Then so is the man. He is totally the man and he had great things to say about you on his episode too so what have been your favorite venues so far to play around town the revelry room is pretty awesome mm-hmm. i liked rhythm and bruise when, when we played there with masseuse actually jj's bohemia is awesome it's always got such a good vibe you know yeah and it actually sounds really good because well it depends on what you're going for but you hear what the audience hears yeah. and that is something that I wish I could say about most venues. That's it's really cool that you're getting to play with Danimal. I feel like through that you probably have been able to meet a lot of people and get yourself out there more than you were before with him. Yeah, definitely have made some connections. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I feel like you do just about everything possible with that cello when it when it comes to like playing every style of music. I guess that's what I'm going for. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's great. And you're so young, you're 23. Yeah. And you have so much time ahead of you to do amazing things. You're already doing them, but even more so, you know. Do you have another poem? Yeah. This is the interactive one. I'm planning on doing this when I get my show together. So you're going to hear a sneak peek. And you you can play, Heatherly. Oh, yeah? Um, so the, there's three consecutive poems. Okay. And they all have something very much in common, mm-hmm. a pattern that you know very well. I want, want you to try to guess. I'll give you a chance after each poem to, to guess what it is. Okay. Okay. And maybe I'll give you a hint after one or two. Another boring candidate did eventually fall graciously. However, indicated just cranky, languid, meteoristic nonsense or prolonged quantification. Results sound tastefully unified, voiding waxy Zagla Yipperantu Zormus. No idea. It was a candidate, right? Yeah, it was okay, a no. candidate. Yeah. yeah. He he fell graciously. Uh okay. What's a, what's a easy what's a hint that's not too good? I can't think of one that's not gonna give it away. Let me give you another I'll give you the next one and then I'll tell you that hint. Okay. Able bodied customers decide exotic flounders grow heavily inside jungles. Kansas licks my nose on preposterous quail roads. Suspend time, undermine vespiucious wonderbolts. Zeech your Ziglio Petra. No clue. Okay, so that poem had 26 words in it, and the one before also had 26 words. And the last one will, too. That's one hint. Okay, I'll give you the last poem. Okay. Activate blaring cesium downward evermore. Forever glowing, he invokes jarring, cantiferous lake sauce. Mr. Nevermore, originally pondormic, questioned robots so touchingly uberbulously. Vontragate, where Z yawns zoomingly. No clue. <laughs> You've stumped me. Okay, what if I do it like this? Able-bodied customers decide exotic flounders grew heavily inside jungles. Kansas licks my... Oh, that doesn't even work. Oh, it's the alphabet. Yeah, yeah, it's A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Every word yeah. is in alphabetical order. 
And I tried not to use there. There are no conjunctions, so I was strict. Like I didn't put the in there or. That's and. insane. But I did make up a few words on this one too. But still, but though, it's uh, twenty-six words through the alphabet, telling a poem. Oh, I'm I'm trying to figure out how I'll do that one live, like, and let the audience try to guess. Mm-hmm. So if you're hearing this and you come see a show and I do it, don't spoil it for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> don't be the spoiler. Do you have any other poems? Yeah. This one, the, every line contradicts itself. So I'll just leave it at that. They're just contradictions, oxymorons. It's called The Prolific Indigenous. We're the prolific and indigenous, both marvelous and monotonous. Manual but autonomous, our free love is monogamous. We are barbarian librarians who perform natural caesareans. With asinine intuition, we abort before fruition. The wisest of fools, the most useless of tools, the classiest trash, a comfortable rash. Our mitosis uses genitalia, and we're naked in our regalia. With genuine deception, we accept before exception. Our churches are orgiastic, and our diamonds, they're elastic. Our history is clairvoyant, and our anchors, they're buoyant. Like a blur, but vivid, at peace, but livid. Like plastic papyrus or a high-cultured virus. We're thirsty, but salivating, for our liberty is so captivating. Athletic couch potatoes for pool balls, we use tomatoes. We're definitely ambiguous, both infinite and contiguous. Existence from no creation, but persistence through termination. All those words. Take me a few times listening to it. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I should do it in slow motion once or twice. Yeah. I think, I, can you do it in slow motion? Uh, you want me to? Yeah, try. We're the prolific and indigenous, both marvelous and monotonous. Manual but autonomous, our free love is monogamous. We are barbarian librarians who perform natural caesareans. Our asinine intuition is that we abort before fruition. The wisest of fools, the most useless of tools, the classiest trash, and a comfortable rash. Our mitosis uses genitalia, and we're naked in our regalia. With genuine deception, we accept, but with exception. Our churches are orgiastic, and our diamonds, they're elastic. Our history is clairvoyant, and our anchors, well, they're buoyant. Like a blur, but vivid, at peace, but livid. Like plastic papyrus, or a high-cultured virus. We're thirsty, but salivating, for our liberty is so captivating. Athletic couch potatoes, for pool balls, we use tomatoes. We're definitely ambiguous, both infinite and contiguous. Existence from no creation, persistence through termination. A lot easier to comprehend that poem. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. It's crazy. So many words, yet they all seem to flow together and make sense. How long does it take you to write a poem like that? Uh, this one's going on two or three years now, maybe two. Yeah. I just every time I think of a contradiction and I can think of another one that rhymes, I just throw it on here. Like I got some others that aren't ready, like a tidy slob, a well-behaved mob, or uh, we're free within a quarantine, our ruins which are pristine. Like you know, I find two words that kind of, I don't know. Yeah. But I just dump them in here, and then whenever I get a chance, I refine it and try to make it fit inside the whole poem as a whole. 
Jeez, 20 years from now, it's going to be like 10 minutes long. Yeah, this one's not done yet. The other two, I, I think, are set in stone. Mm-hmm. But that, this one's not done yet. It's close. Yeah. So when you're not playing the cello or playing a musical instrument at all, what do you like to do? Uh, I like to eat. <laughs> and I like to sleep. I think that kind of sums up everything I do outside of it. I'm just kidding. I do some other things, too. I exercise. Okay. I run. I like volleyball. I played a lot this summer. I haven't played in a week or two. You play in a league or? No, I just kind of played at. Pick up. Just pick up. Mm-hmm. I used to rock climb a lot. Like that used to be my thing. But then I kind of realized it is not really the best activity for musicians because your hands get all cramped up. And mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like you can you can manage it. But also, I just haven't had as much time to go lately. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I've had less time since I quit my job yeah. just because I've picked up a lot of small jobs that I am now responsible for keeping track of my own. When did you quit your job? I quit or I decided to leave first week of July, I think is what it was. You decided to leave because you wanted to focus on music full time? Well, okay. Actually, I didn't just decide to leave. (laughs) They didn't know this, but it was my plan the whole time. I mean, freshman year of college, I questioned like, why the heck am I getting this mechanical engineering degree. I know I want to go after music, but I was doing well. I had good grades. And I was like, just get the dang degree. So I did. And I knew that when I got it, I was just going to work for a year, build up my capital, pay off my student loans, and then use my savings to invest in my all the gear I need for music. Mm-hmm. And also, you learn a lot in the working world, even though it's not necessarily the most fun thing to do, just communication skills like emails and all that. I, I learned how to write an email, and that sounds silly, but there is a... Uh, technique to it mm-hmm. and some things work and some things don't yeah. and you could tell when you're emailing a college student who hasn't in, in a job where that requires that I knew I was going to quit when I started worked for a little over a year and I quit in July and then I kind of before I quit worked on getting enough cello students to kind of warrant quitting and kind of cover my exp- expenses mm-hmm. when I didn't have that income anymore and then I just took as any gig I could and right now I'm overbooked (laughs) i'm not overbooked but i've just got an insane amount of gigs like every single weekend it's kind of crazy so is it scary like quitting your job to go music full-time no you have enough students to where you know your bills would be paid for yeah when i get this album out i think i'll i'll have enough momentum just keep going as a solo musician however successful i am i think i'll i think i'll make it and i would much rather do this and be poor than work as a mechanical engineer the rest of my life. <laughs> Amen to that. Nothing against mechanical engineers because we need more of them and I kind of feel bad for leaving the field. But if I could do this, I would rather do it. <laughs> yeah. And who wouldn't? Follow what makes your heart happy. So what other instruments do you play besides cello and singing? I play or dabble in drums, uh, the guitar and piano, but... I would say, well, actually, the order would be guitar, drums, and piano if you're talking about my expertise in those. What are you going to play for us? This is called The Most Beautiful Girl in the Room by the uh, Flight of the Concords. It's a TV show. Awesome. you ever yeah, heard of it? of course. When, whenever I play this for a girl, I tell her specifically, this is not about you. Because <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of rude. I, it's, it's hilarious. That's the only reason I play it. But the show is about these two New Zealand guys who made their way to New York. And they're just trying to figure out life, how to do it in America, what's different about it. And this is about a girl that this guy meets at a party who is 
She's pretty. Around the room, oh, I can't tell that you are the most beautiful girl in the room, in the whole wide room. And when you're on the street, depending on the street, I bet you are definitely in the top three. Good looking girls on the street, depending on the street. And when I saw you at my men's place, I thought, what is she doing at my men's place? How did Dave get a hottie like that to a party like this good one, Dave? Oh, you're a legend, Dave. I asked Dave if he's gonna make a move on you. He's not sure, I said, Dave, do you mind if I do? He says he doesn't mind, but I can tell he kinda minds But I'm gonna do it anyway I see you standing all alone by the stereo I dim the lights down to very low, here we go Cause you're so beautiful You could be a waitress, yeah Cause you're so beautiful be an air hostess in the 60s Cause you're so beautiful You could be a part-time model And then I seal the deal I do my moves, I do my dance moves you Just gotta imagine the most ridiculous dance moves possible right here It's 12.02 just me and you and seven other dudes around you on the dance floor I draw you near, let's get out of here Let's get in the cab I'll buy you a kebab Well, I can't believe that I am sharing a kebab With the most beautiful girl that I have ever seen with a kebab Oh, 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 oh yeah why don't we leave? We can go to my house and we can feel each other up on the couch. Oh no, I don't mind taking this life. Oh, oh, nah, oh, oh, yeah. Cause you're so beautiful. Like a tree. Cause you're so beautiful. Or high class prostitute, yeah. Cause you're so beautiful. Could be a part-time model But you probably still have to keep your normal job Part-time model Spending part of your time modeling And part of your time next to me that your your performance stuff is going to be ready i'm hoping early next year and i think i'm thinking early february i want to say early january but 
I'll give myself a little extra time. Mm-hmm. But I want it all to be ready at the same time, and I don't want anything to be released until then, mm-hmm. until it's all together. So I'll have the show and the album at the same time. But So I'll have just a bunch of momentum, and I'll just go off of that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, I'm really excited, and I can't wait for it to come out. Yeah, I'd say, I, I'd say I've got like about 50% of the work done. Mm-hmm. I want it to be about 45 minutes long, and I've got about 33 minutes of music written, not recorded. And I've done a lot of the the initial, like, you know, setting the beds up in the in the studio. I'm doing this all at my house, but now it's just going back and getting those tracks in there or the, the audio. Yeah, awesome. And thank you, Mr. Ben Van Winkle, for coming on the show today. Sure thing. Thank you. Thank you.